Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host as always, Ryan Basor, and today is episode 43, and I'm excited to learn about uh, cannabis and the history of cannabis up in uh, the Upper Peninsula with uh, kind of the godmother of uh, cannabis up there, Penny Milky from Northern Specialty Health. Thanks thanks for coming on, Penny. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. And then Tom, uh, Tom Beller up at Kalkaska. Normally I'm uh, making uh, up north jokes on you, so uh, I can't today. What's going on? So we're, the, we're the trolls today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, things are great, man. It's a beautiful day on the farm. Glad to be here. Cool, cool. Kevin, here with me in Lansing at uh, Chew Cannabis. Kevin, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Ryan. Uh, excited to talk to Penny about some of the things going on in the UP. Like you, you said in the in the pre-show, uh, I'm I'm kind of ignorant to what's been going on up there, and I'm excited to kind of hear a little bit more. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yep. And uh, so a little bit more about uh, Penny. Uh, you know, she's she's the founder of Northern Specialty Health. It's been open uh, since 2015 or 16, I believe. I believe it's 16. She can she can correct me on that a little bit, and then. Uh, she's uh, born and raised up there, I believe, and uh, went up to Northern Michigan University. Uh, was a teacher, and uh, um, I'm, I can't wait to hear about you jumping, jumping, jumping over from what I did in, as an insurance agent. It was something. It was, it was a trip. So, um, you know, uh, really, uh, from word on the street is that you really like flower and uh, live resin carts as well. And then, uh, you know, and also. I really started hearing about Penny, um, you know, during the legalization and, and, and the work that was going on up there and helping us and and then uh, um, open Northern Specialty Health. And it's obviously one of uh, one of Redemption's uh, favorite stores. And uh, I love the fact that uh, my products are all the way up there and uh, you guys are so, so easy to work with and, and fun. So I can't wait to get up there this summer and uh, maybe Kevin and Tom can come with me. But with that, Penny about yourself growing up um the jump from teacher to uh to marijuana activist and business owner and uh then uh, we can get into some some of what's what's happening up there okay sure um i was born in marquette um i went to school there and then i went to northern graduated from northern in 99 so i was graduated from high school 95 i'll be turning 44 this month um I went to school for, I was a double major, Spanish and biology, and then um, I met Ryan, my husband, and I ended up dropping my biology to a minor so I could graduate and move away with him. So we moved to Madison, and we were there a little while in Wisconsin. That was nice, around 2000. Um, We came back to Michigan, 2007. Um, My husband and I are both alcoholics, and we were drinkers, and he crashed his four-wheeler into a tree and um, broke his back and broke his neck. And um, needless to say, a year and a half later of learning how to walk and painkillers, we realized that cannabis was what he needed to make it. Um, we had used cannabis, you know, recreationally before that, but we didn't realize the true medicinal effects that it had on him, and it really just saved his life. So um, that goes to 2007. Uh, we moved to the Keweenaw in 2008. He could no longer work as an electrician, 
So um, I got a job in Calumet um, teaching public schools, um, CLK. I was teaching Spanish in the middle school. And then I became a reading specialist and I taught kids how to read. I worked in the Title I program and I ended in first grade. And then, um, so Northern Specialty Health. Um, it was actually started in like 2011 by someone else. They got in trouble, um, they went away. We bought it in 2013, um, December of 2013, we had the conversation. Um, that's when we took it over. It was closed for about two weeks and then my husband opened it back up. Uh, I continued to teach until 2016 um, when it became too much for him to do on his own. And I resigned from the public school and they threw me a great party. Um, it was very, like nobody judged me when I told them what was happening because it was gonna be on the news. I, you know, I wanted them to know from me firsthand before they heard it from somebody else that my husband was running the pot shop in town or whatever they called it at the time, you know? Um, but it was great. Um, nobody, the parents, surprisingly, I had no bad feedback. A couple of the teachers asked me personal questions about cannabis use and things like that. And then I kind of just became comfortable being um, like the face to talk openly about it, I guess. So there's a little bit, what else do you want me to dive into? <laughs> oh. Uh Love to hear about like what was going on in the mood and, and with legalization and then licensing from the aspect from being up there, you know, because yeah, not not really too many people uh, work the whole state, you know, like you did. Everybody knows you down yes. here, but like there's not really too many other activists. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting there's a lot of other activists up there. I've met I've met some, but they mm -hmm. but they they stay up there. So just kind of like what it's like yeah. up there and how that process went in 17 and 18. Okay, so yeah, when the MMFLA came out in 17, we were already operating in Houghton under a, um, a local ordinance that allowed us to run under the caregiver style, right? So we had to transition into the licensed market. I went to so many city council meetings, planning meetings. Um, I met the mayor, the council members, planning commission members, just trying to put a positive face on it, I guess. Um, in trying to get them to opt into the MMFLA so we could continue serving medical patients licensed. Otherwise, we were going to have to close down. So I fought very hard for it. I did numerous work groups in Lansing. Um, I made the trip, I don't know, three, four times. Participated um, as a provisioning center owner, as a patient, um, as a caregiver, um, so many different ways. Um, yeah. I kind of lost my train of thought there, Ryan. I was thinking about all those trips downstate, but it really enabled me to meet a lot of different people. Every time I went to a work group for the MRA, I met others that were in the industry and it's only helped us, you know, get this far, I guess. Hey, Penny, oh, I was great. wondering uh, what the general attitude was, you know, towards cannabis in the Upper Peninsula prior to uh, the MMFLA during the early um, caregiver times. You know, I think for caregivers, it was all right. There wasn't like a lot of huge caregiver raids or anything like that going on, but I don't think people were growing in, you know, over hundreds of plants. I think most people were sticking to their limits and it didn't seem like there was a lot of busts. Um, most of the times things were going towards more like meth. Um, at least it seemed that way. There was more emphasis on busting meth and stuff instead of caregiver growth. Um, overall, you know, people really hesitated, I guess, when it comes to adult use, even with medical, we had to fight long and hard to get medical here um, under the licensed way. Um, many, many hours in meetings, you know, and questions of people asking and just standing up for the patients and saying that they needed to, you know, pass that so we could stay open. Otherwise the people weren't gonna have anywhere to go, you know? 
but I don't know how it is. We're definitely not, the UP is not like it is downstate where everybody downstate is opting in. The UP is still very sporadic and hardly anybody wants to opt in, um, even with adult use now, but hopefully it's changing slowly. There's more and more up here now. I mean, in the beginning, Northern Specialty Health was the only place for a very, very long time. Then there was a couple others that popped up, but then they ended up stopping or closing because nobody else transitioned or pivoted, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Hey, Penny, it's Kevin over at True Cannabis. Um, I know that you had uh, actually gone up in front of the licensing board like myself, and uh, not a lot of people know about that process. Um, for those who don't know, uh, basically, uh, Schneider appointed uh, Rick Johnson. Uh, Schneider, along with with uh, Tom Leonard and El- Arlen Mikoff, uh, appointed, Tom, uh, appointed Rick Johnson and uh, Don Bailey uh, to the board along with uh, three other people. Um, and uh, Don Bailey obviously had a chip on his shoulder towards caregivers and and, and uh, people that are advocating for cannabis at the time. Talk to me a little bit about going through that process, the nerves that you went through. I know it was terrifying for me. We barely got through by the skin of our teeth, but uh, talk to me about your experience. It was awful. It was terrifying. It was horrible. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. So we knew that Don was going to vote no, right? Because he voted no for everybody. So we were just hoping for three out of five, you know, begging for three out of five votes. Luckily we got four out of five, but we had to go in front of him twice. We went in front of him the first time. Um, we got four out of five. Don, oh, brought up stuff, he brought up, but at least by the time they got to us, they weren't names of applicants anymore. They were just using initials. So when they, when he got to our case, he talked about the previous owner. He talked about my husband. He talked about this and that and this and that, trying to link us to something that we had nothing to do, you know. Um, I had the chance to work with Don Bailey on a work group. Um, it was the first work group I went to. It was about transitioning from, um, you know, unlicensed to licensed. And it was when they put us in five groups and Don was in charge of our group from the board. You know, they had five boards or five members. And so I had, I had to face to face with him. And I told him straight up, you know, um, but it was definitely interesting. Yeah, it was terrifying, Kevin. It was awful. I don't wish it upon anybody. It was intrusive. It was violating. <laughs> I mean, I can't say anything good about it. I'm thankful we made it through, but I wouldn't want anyone else to go through that. It was absolutely horrible for people horrible. listening. And the only thing I've requested to the state is now be, because we don't have the board anymore. Thank you, uh, Governor mm-hmm. Whitmer. Uh, that is that at least give us gold stars or something on our licenses. Right. Like so, we went through that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Was, I mean, it, it was probably the worst period of my life yeah it was was terrible and then you're sitting there watching it on facebook live you know and then they're just you have no idea what they're going to say about you what's going to happen and then we had to do it like two weeks later because we did not install the security or the surveillance upgrades until we knew we were going to get past part one because if if they weren't going to think that we had good moral character enough to make it through then i wasn't going to put the money in to get these upgrades so when we made it through the first one then we had to go back through again he voted no both times. I knew he was going to because that's just the way he did it. But um, I'm thankful to make it through. But it was it was awful, awful. Yeah, I, I got to echo what you guys said. It's it was terrible for myself as well. Uh, Don Bailey uh, uh, a made a motion to uh, to approve us and then voted no. Um, and so we got we got through uh, barely. Uh, Rick uh, Rick Johnson also voted no. Um, but it was a, a terrifying moment. I remember it vividly. Uh, the nerves, knowing just counting down the minutes as you're watching, knowing that you're coming up in, in a few minutes, um, and then the actual vote. Uh, and I remember like my employees and everybody celebrating around me, and and I kind of was in shock. 
Well, they were like, like what's, what's wrong? And it's like, I, 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 I still don't believe it. And then the, the second thought that was going through my head was, this is going to be miserable, uh, you know? And so uh, it was it was definitely a scary time and, and I could totally relate to what you went through. Yeah, we were cheering, crying, swearing, everything at once because it was so emotional. It was just, it was, it was terrible, but I'm, you know, made it. Yeah, congratulations on getting through that Thanks. process. Yeah. You too. <laughs> we all deserve a big pat on the back and a hug. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'll take that gold star next to my name too, Tom. No doubt. Yes. Yeah, I remember those days and uh, uh, I didn't qualify for any licenses uh, back then, but we used to get together in Lansing at this house around the corner from my office and it would be like a, a like a barbecue and uh yeah. and we'd have a few drinks and smoke and just watch it's insane watching it you know this stuff i can't believe that that that's the that's what we were dealing with you guys are dealing with question penny kind of on the market up there i know mm -hmm. it's uh it's uh, it's like the rest of the state and it's it's picking up and uh, people are having record uh record weeks and days mm -hmm. and then um, obviously there's new border towns popping that are right along Wisconsin and Minnesota and, and a lot of those guys are doing and, and Gail's doing pretty big numbers um, and Marquette's popping off so like what what are you still seeing a lot of people from from other states vacationers um, yeah. locals obviously make it up but then what's it kind of like up there and like you you know cannabis you're a pro you're doing it you're running your shop and then there's a lot of the other some of the other stores are people are brand new and uh mm -hmm. you know there's that dynamic up that's just here yeah it's interesting um our sales have not like decreased at all um i haven't looked at april so much but march was bigger than february february was bigger than january i mean every year every month has just grown um like i said i didn't check for our aprils but then there's 420 in there too and there's the stimulus it's just so different and this is you know we're only like six or seven months into adult use. So we don't know like what it's gonna end up like. And we do have two people moving in this summer. One is opening this month and one is opening next month within a half a mile of us. But um, all three of us are completely different. So I'm hoping that that will allow us to just continue to stand out. And then just the fact that we've been here for so long and that we're trusted, reliable. Um, and we're just knowledgeable and we're not new to this game. You know, we've been doing it for so long. I just hope that the people remember how much we fought in the beginning to get medical here and then to get adult use here. And I hope that that, um, you know, keeps us going. Mm -hmm. But there's tons of new stores. I was checking weed maps there. And now the UP used to be just one. Now the weed, now weed maps has um, Eastern and Western. Um, and actually, and stores haven't even opened yet, like in Ironwood, like along the one border, you know, Iron Mountain's got one. But yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But we get a ton of new people, a lot of tourists, a lot of regulars. Penny, you were talking earlier about, um, you know, spending a lot of time with the community trying to get mm -hmm. legislation passed up there and whatnot. How's things these days? Um, have you been to a, a, at a turning point now that uh, some revenues coming in from uh, cannabis sales and, and whatnot? Is the, is the community starting to, to back you up there? You, do, do you feel the support? Yeah. The um, Houghton did get some of the money from last year's or whenever they did that release. Was that in March of this year? Whenever the yeah. people got paid, Houghton got paid. So I didn't get a thank you. I would have wanted to wind it a little thank you card, Penny, saying thank you for pushing us this far because now we have this lump of big sum money to spend. But um, I think, you know, 
more people still need to opt in. Like Houghton is the only city up here that has opted in. Um, Hancock hasn't, nothing north of us has. Um, yeah, so we still have a lot of work to do. Like Ontonagon hasn't. I don't know if Ironwood has, you know, it seems like there's only little chunks of it, like the Marquette area, the Iron Mountain, us, but more and more people will be popping up. So are you um, are you guys running into any kind of issue with uh, getting supply up there? Is it is that a difficulty for you? Uh, no, uh, as, in far the as, products? as far as what? As far as products and whatnot. Are you able no. to get things up there? No problem. Yeah. No, um, Shelby's great. You know, you guys know Shelby. Um, we've got her doing the ordering right now and she's working really hard to get everything that we need and want. And transport costs have come down a ton since we began, since we started. Um, at that first transport, the first couple of months, it was like four or 5,000 a trip. It was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. And now it's like way, way less, way less. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. no, we have redemption and relief. You know, what else would we want? <laughs> Right. That's true. That's true. True cannabis. Yes, true, there you go. Well, of course, it's true cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Part of it. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Penny. What uh, have you thought about? Like, what's what are your goals? Like, you know, like for some people, it's just like you know, it's about like running one store that you that it's your heart and, and it's the best that you can do. Then and there's other mm -hmm. people that want to possibly do three or four or different things. Like what? You know, uh, have you kind of thought about that or are you content or, you know, uh, what, what's the plans? One and done. One. Nice. Happy with one. You know, I never dreamed that I would be a business owner. My husband didn't either. He's an electrician. I'm a former teacher. Um, we have three beautiful children. They're growing up really fast. Um, one and done. I don't want to, I don't want to be huge, you know. Um, I just want to have one store where people can come and get quality products and knowledge with good customer service. And know the background i guess and everything that we went through because you know a lot of these new like a lot of people aren't doing it for the same reasons that we're doing it you know um so yeah well, that's, no that's one. how you that's that's how you out uh that's how you beat the competition because what we're seeing down here in a lot of these markets lansing battle creek um bay city it's i've been doing it for mm -hmm. are succeeding and then a lot of the maybe the bigger bigger stores are the more what we call corporate ones are, are running it yeah. like a regular retail but it's you got to hustle i mean it's a it's a hustle and yeah. it's and it's regular so uh yeah. you know like it's a it's a big advantage all your experience and know just knowing yeah. about cannabis so hats off i and hope knowing, it <laughs> yeah. knowing your market is crucial and people yeah. really gravitate towards the the shops that understand you know have been around and have you know, stood mm -hmm. the test of time a lot of people yeah. appreciate that and you don't get that with a, you know, with a corporate type entity, like no. some out mm -hmm. there that may come into a market and just put in a store and say, all right, we're opening up and come on in. And yeah. Wonder where the people are, but I mean. Right. Are you seeing yeah. that? Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was just, I was just curious. Um, I know Marquette's allowing them. Uh, Penny has, uh, has Houghton talked about allowing, uh, lounges is that was that part of your no ordinance? i they will not they're only allowing um provisioning centers houghton's really small it's landlocked there's not a lot of actual city of houghton so they decided that when they were going to draft it they were just going to allow the stores and that if somebody wanted to do a grower process or transport that it would be better for them actually to do it outside the city limits anyways than it would be to do it inside the city but nobody else has opted in in the surrounding areas to allow for that to happen but then again um, 
our electricity is really high up here. So there's a lot of different reasons that maybe people are not coming up here to grow compared to going downstate to grow. So, I mean, it still is all Michigan, but there's gotta be reasons why people are, well, people always tend to go more down and leave the UP more, you know, desolate. So it's okay. <laughs> so Penny, I was talking to uh, Josh before the show about the, um, the Indian tribes. Um, how is that affecting uh, business up there? What do you guys anticipate is going to happen with the market when they uh, when they get rolling? Uh, I don't know. You know, I know the Sioux has one going around right now, right? I don't know the name of it. But then um, KBIC is the Kiwanabe Indian Community. They are going to become MRMTA licensed. So they're actually going to go through the state licensing. They're not going to operate like the one in the Sioux is operating on their own tribal land or whatever. You know what I mean? So um, they're going to have two dispensaries open, one in Marquette and one in Crystal Falls. But I don't know if either one of them open or not. I don't think it's going to affect us anything differently because they're going to carry the same products that we're going to carry if they're licensed. They won't be like the one on the east. Yeah, I don't understand how uh, the, the, the state anticipates working with an unlicensed and a licensed uh, cultivator and retailer. I, I'm confused by the whole situation, um, mm -hmm. but uh, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, you know? Yeah, I don't know that much about it either. Um, I have met the person who's running the ones from the KBIC a few times. Um, but I don't know the details, except that they were going to go through the state licensing process. But like the other one, I don't know how they're doing it. And I don't know how some companies are putting tribal land either that are in cities that have not opted in. So I don't know. I have a lot of questions too. But when you only have the one and done, it's easy. You don't have to worry about that many other things because I know what I need to know and I can just focus on this. That's great. Yeah, that's hey, all you really hey, could Penny. do. Hey, Penny. Mm -hmm. um, Tell us a little bit about like your your philosophy and your store. You've been doing it for a while, and obviously your uber patient focus begins. So you yeah. you know we all have that background here, and it's mm -hmm. one thing I love about these the MICIA that we're all a part of too. It's still it's yeah. like that as well. So what's the store's philosophy? And I got a feeling you probably don't have a lot of turnover with your employees. It's just a guess I'm having right now. So um, yeah, get a little of the, get a little into that, please. Um, yeah, well, we, we're trying to hire like everybody else is right now when it comes to employees. I think we have 18. We're trying to hit 20. Um, most of the time we've been around 10 or 12 employees. Um, we don't have a lot of employee turnover. We have some because sometimes it just doesn't work for whatever reasons. Like you can't roll a spliff on the counter and have a job there. You know, it's just not allowed. <laughs> for instance, things like that happen. Um, so the philosophy is, I mean, we're we're here for the people. We're here for you. Um, we always were here for you. We fought for you. Um, it all comes back to 2013 when the store closed. And my husband was a caregiver and he was providing for the store. And he could not think about the people not having access, the older people, the people that came to the store for their medicine. He didn't want to think about them having to go without it. So basically, that's why we do it. Um, we're customer service orientated, we carry quality products and we're knowledgeable and we've been doing this for a really long time and we're cannabis passionate, we're consumers. You know, like the people who work there consume, the owners are consumers, we believe in it. We're not just, you know, cause then you hear also about these companies where nobody even smokes pot at them. Oh yeah. Hey, what are you doing? Well, you know what they're doing and you know why they're doing it. But then you have the people that are like us that really believe in this plant and are just, I just love it. I love how happy it makes people. <laughs> it does. 
So, Penny, are we going to see you down at the uh, at the summer annual, the MICIA uh, summer annual down in, in Bel Air? Not going to see no. you this year? No, I don't get that far away. Um, no, the only reason why I went down before was to pay our licensing fees. You know, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. That was honestly the only reason because I had to drive the cash down. Now I don't have to do that anymore. But yeah. Yeah, I it is quite the drive. Yeah, we are sponsoring um, Jamie Cooper's golf outing. We're sponsoring the hole there. So oh, you'll cool. see the logo, cool. but you will yeah, not see yeah. me in person. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Hey, 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 Penny, I'm fascinated. Uh, I talk a lot about it because it's one of our new products is our single source uh, live resin carts. And mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend in Oregon and they their store just had for the first time cards sell that and then distill it and it's it's going that way because it's it's the truth you know it's the plant like what would you yeah. rather smoke when you be educated mm-hmm. so what's what's that been like up there uh, talking to the locals and just the different patients and consumers and what's that conversation like and what are your thoughts on that um uh, in the future uh well for me i always tell them that once you smoke live resin cart you can't go back to distillate it's just not not as good it's not the same you know i really love the live resin carts i love the terps i love the naturalness of it um i do still smoke distillate carts once in a while but it's just like i don't know how to put it into words it's just a better quality cart it's a better it's to me it's better the stuff that's inside of it is better than if it's distillate i'm not bashing distillate there's a place for it you know and everything but if i option of two cards i'm picking the live resin 100 i was wondering have there been any trends up there as far as people moving from say flour into concentrates and how long did that take it seems to be something that was less popular in the more you know rural areas and uh speaking yeah of, yeah i was just curious about that um if i would i should have looked at numbers ahead of time um flour is always the top seller and actually edibles is probably second. Um, concentrates and carts. Um, a lot of people like the carts because of the ease of use of it, but it seems like a lot of people now are almost going, there's still a lot of dabbers though. You know, there's a lot of people that like the concentrate and that want that dab. Um, and when you have a good high quality dab, then they're even more apt to buy that instead of like a, you know, not so good dab. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Penny, obviously mm-hmm. uh, you, you got involved. Uh, I did not know the story about your, your husband and, and that, you know, in my experience, like especially to get involved early on, it, it takes something maybe like a personal experience like that where, you, yeah. you know, you see it work and, you know, it changes someone's life. And then that changes you because, you mm-hmm. know, the government was lying and people are going right. to jail and, and all that. But mm-hmm. so like we're big into, you know, like redemption. We're about to have a four strain specific RSO. Um, We've been big into that. That's something I'm passionate about. A lot of uh, mm-hmm. the elderly people in my life are on it, including myself. And um, uh, and so is, uh, you know, the people helping help these guys, everyone that's helping us with this passionate. So what's it like up there mm-hmm. on RSO? Get, get going on that up there early on with people. And, and what's, uh, mm-hmm. what's you know, like, uh, I just kind of have an idea that uh, you guys were, were into it and the patients know about yeah. it up there. We had RSO. We had someone who made RSO. We had, it's so funny because we had someone who made RSO, someone who made Moon Rocks. 
is like long, long time ago, you know, but um, my husband also takes RSO every night. Um, so we do have quite a few people that take it. Um, not as many people know the medicinal, you know, benefits of it as I think a lot of people consider RSO more just for like cancer patients instead of just um, like a nightly routine, like part of your, you know, supplement. You're going to supplement yourself with RSO at night. So you're going to feel better in the morning. And if you just do that every day, you know, you're not going to be super stoned, but you're still going to get all the benefits of the RSO. Um, so people do know about it. Um, but I think people tend to think it's for the very, very ill when it is not. Yeah, I no, think that that's, scares that's... people too. Um, yeah. You, know, you have to ease into that conversation. You know, oh, mm-hmm. am I going to get high? And it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. one of the delightful side effects of, of, of medication. Because, so, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, some people want to take medicine and not feel those effects. But then you, yeah. you have to have the conversation. Well, which would you rather have, you know, feel the effects of treatment, you know, right. in the mm-hmm. hospital or a clinic or, you know, in bed at home? Yeah. yeah. I know it helps. Yeah. 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 100%. For- for me, it's uh, a lot of the people uh, that are struggle sleeping, they're in pain. Um, yeah. And just a good night's sleep, seven, eight hours all the way through. I mean, that yeah. changes, uh, you know, it's changed some people in my lives, lives. And, and uh, you know, that's that's a big deal. Uh, so I know as a, be very aware of that as I, as I, I, I just turned 44 myself, Penny. So <laughs> I still think I'm, still think I'm 32, <laughs> but uh, it ain't happening. Um, but uh, you know, we got uh, we're gonna wrap up today. We got a couple hard outs, and uh, I really appreciate yeah. Penny uh, mm-hmm. uh, coming on. And I'll just uh, get a, a final final thought in, like we always do. Tom at Real Leaf, go ahead. Yeah, just uh, looking forward to coming up to visit Penny. Hoping yeah, to, to come up this summer and, and and meet you in person. And if you're mm-hmm. ever down in uh, you know the Kalkaska area or Traverse City, please look us up. We'd love to have you come by and take a look at the farm. Thank you. Kevin. Yeah, no, the same thing for uh, for me. Uh, I hope to make it up to the UP uh, sometime this summer. I haven't been up there in quite a long time, and it's such a beautiful area. And it's one of those places that you don't think about all the time because it's a little bit of a drive. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting up there. Uh, I want to thank you for all your efforts, um, you know, in, in advocacy uh, over the years um, and, and making a difference for the UP. Uh, there's a lot of forgotten people up there that, that do need help. And so uh, I want to thank you for that. And uh, yeah, wish you all the best. Thank you, Kevin. Yep. Penny, any final thoughts for the uh, for the listeners? We have a lot of uh, licensees that listen, so. Uh, no, I was just gonna throw in one more thing. Um, back to the whole, like um, why we do what we do. One more reason why we do what we do, maybe because when my husband was younger, he got in trouble with pot, you know, here and there, whatever, whatever. But before I even met him, he was in the Navy. He got through basic training, he got caught with a bag and they booted him. So because of that, I'm thankful because I met him. But at the same time, it just shows how messed up it is. You know, like way back when, this is like in the, you know, mid nineties or whatever, when this happened. But um, the story goes far, it goes way back why we do what we do, I guess. And that's all I wanted to say. Uh, I, uh, I I really appreciate coming on, Penny, because uh, yeah. I've been actually wondering uh, a little bit more about your life for a while once you once you got active. And, and obviously, like if you got into it when you did, there was a reason. There's no about it because you put your, your life on the line mm-hmm. up there. And 
I feel yeah. blessed that uh, we're all here uh, to live to tell about it and with a few battle scars, but we're we're moving forward and, uh, yes. you know, so with that, uh, you know, thanks everybody and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Thank you. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.